I V M. Dude, basically, Dhoni has reached that band in corporate world where he is just now cruising. He's cruising. He barely shows up to work. Welcome to episode forty-nine of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. This is DJ, your host from London, and I'm joined this week by my co-podcasters Varun in Singapore and Ashwin in Cincinnati. This is our first anniversary episode. Actually, our first ever podcast was released on the fourth of March, twenty eighteen. So we've completed a year and a day. We're recording this on the fifth of March, towards the end of my day, and it's the start of Varun's day. So it's been an amazing journey for us, both technically as well as in terms of cricket, in terms of learning about podcasting, learning about how to promote a podcast and to speak to people and picking out topics. We've really enjoyed it, and I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to us. So forty-nine episodes in, there's lots to talk about this week. I mean, India's playing Australia, New Zealand is playing Bangladesh, Olivia has left South Africa for a coal pack deal. Afghanistan scored the highest T20 score. Uh, England's been playing the West Indies and the West Indies in the ODIs. Uh, but I think what we're going to start with this week is what's top on everyone's mind, being Indian cricket fans, guys. India versus Australia. The T20s got over. India lost that series. So we're going to talk a little bit first about that, and then we're going to talk about the one-day series that's going on. And we've had two pretty interesting matches. So, Varun, let me come to you first about the T20s. Was 2-0 a slightly disappointing result for you or was it expected given the experimentation that's been going on? Yeah, so I I mean, I do want to call out that when we predicted it, um, since we often do on this show and and now we go back and be very happy when we predict things. I did say that um, I think the T20s could go either way. Um, to be honest, I was thinking it would be 1-1, but 2-0 is 2-0 in two games is where it ended up. I think I'm not personally. I'm not very disappointed. I think India did take a little bit of a different approach to try and see who who they can play. I mean, this was definitely one of our our weakest bowling lineups that we played. So let me talk through this a little bit. So the first game, Australia won by three wickets. India scored 126 runs for the loss of seven wickets. Australia chased that in in the last over, but they got to 127 um, for seven. Uh, I think the key call-out for me in India's batting was really KL Rahul, who was back after a while and hit um, a pretty cool 50. And, of course, we know in T20 cricket, he looks really good. MS Dhoni, again, was not out on 29, but nothing really else to write home about. I think from an Australian bowling perspective, was impressed with the Cummins. I think he's coming up really well off the back of a great test performance to come in in the first T20 and do a four-overs, 19 runs for one wicket is, is really commendable. From an Australian batting perspective, I think Darcy Short finally saw, um, in, at an international level, saw some good kind of cricket coming from him after a lot of talk from the old Australian cricketers, especially Warren, etc. So that was good to see. But honestly, it was a it was a one-man show in the first T20 and a one-man show in the second T20. So Glenn Maxwell hit 56 in the first one. And I would say for the second game, single-handedly kind of won them that game. So in the second game, India actually scored... Um, 190. Again, KL Rahul did well. Virat Kohli was great, 72. And personally, I think it's fantastic that Virat Kohli in a T20 bats till the end. It gives me a lot of comfort to know that he has the ability to clear the boundary easily in the last few overs. 
So 190 was what it was. Um, India came out quite well. I think we got Stoinis and Finch very early on. But Maxwell just took the game away from us. 113 of 55 balls. Looked a bit possessed. I think um, this is what you talk about when it comes to T20 cricket. That one player, one innings can take the entire game away from you. So... Um, I wouldn't say that, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Australia. They played extremely well. They deserve to win. But I think from an Indian bowling perspective, um, to see to see Shankar call Krunal Pandya as three out of your five bowlers, I think it's a good move to give them the um, the opportunity. But it was one of our weakest lineup. Yeah, so the big show really came to the party during the T20s. Ashwin, can I just come to you? Because I know you're an Umesh fan. And he bowled the last over in the first T20 and a lot of people blamed him for the loss. And a lot of people were actually blaming Dhoni for batting slowly as well. So, your thoughts on those two aspects? I mean, we put out a poll immediately after we lost that game. That uh, what was the cause of the loss? And the options were there was a middle order collapse. The batting of Dhoni was the second option. And the bowling of Umesh was the third option. Funnily enough, uh, we got about 25% both for Umesh and Dhoni. So, more percentage-wise than what uh, the batting collapse was because that was about 44% with some um, other comments coming in as well. So, Ashwin, Umesh's performance and Dhoni's performance in T20 internationals in, 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 the, in the first game particularly. Yeah, I, I, that's a great question. I mean, first off, to both of you guys, happy anniversary. It's pretty exciting to make it all the way to one year. So, I think we should be pretty happy celebrating this one and we're obviously excited to be recording an episode pretty much exactly on our one year anniversary i think we're one day late but that's okay look i think you asked an important question i want to put on the record first when you say i'm an omesh fan i'm an omesh fan in test matches and i've said that before i think he's a you know in another generation he may have walked into the indian fast bowling setup but just the reality of being behind bovi bumrah and shami he just he just doesn't uh, right now he's been on the sidelines and of course the shant in tests as well so when you think about it that way, I got to be honest with you, I think the only hope we have when it comes to Omesh in limited overs cricket is when he has the man bun. I was watching, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, I was watching the, the second episode, I think it was, of Cricket Fever, the new Netflix special, and they showed Omesh bowling to the Mumbai Indians in the, the second or third game of the 2018 season. And I just remember, as soon as this the clip started, I looked over to my wife and said, oh my goodness, this is the spell where Omesh took four wickets, and this is where we all got excited and the whole correlation between Omesh's man bun and his wicket-taking ability was born. And 2018 was famous for that. But, but I mean, I digress. Coming back to your specific question about the T20s, I would say on any given day, look, we're a little bit spoiled by Bumrah. I'd say on any given day, with at least one set batsman at the crease, defending 14 in the last over of a T20 is very, very, very difficult. So yeah, he maybe could have done a better job. I think Bumrah gave two runs in the prior over, but we also have to realize they're deliberately not trying to hit Bumrah. They know that they can target the, the second bowler. So I I think I would have loved to see him defend it. It would have been good for him, good for his morale, good for him going into a, a big IPL season. But I don't really blame him. I don't. I think if you had asked most fans, 20th over, Omesh Yadav to bowl 14 runs to defend, I'd say more than 50% would have gone against him. And that's pretty unfortunate, but that's just the reality of his record. I think as to why we lost the match, and you're asking about Dhoni and you know, the rest of the batting performance and stuff. It's it's tough because honestly, in limited overs cricket, I've been as vocally critical of Dhoni as most. And, uh, you know, he's actually had a pretty good last three to six months, including in the ODIs where he's been 
helping stabilize a little bit. So, yeah, I, I think he batted slowly. He should have found the ability to accelerate, but it's easy to blame the guy who stays around, keeps his wicket, and doesn't get too many runs when everybody else went for the big shots and got out, and that doesn't help us either, right? So that's a lot to cover. We can dive deeper after at some point. Yeah, thanks, Ashwin. I, I think that's absolutely right, and we will obviously come to Dhoni's performances in ODIs very shortly. Um, but for me... I think the second ODI, the second T20 actually showed the um, hitting capability of Dhoni again. And he just seems to blow hot and cold. And I, it's just disappointing for me that he can't produce those performances consistently. I'm a massive Dhoni fan, as you guys obviously know. So which then brings me conveniently to the first ODI. Um, Varun, talk us through what happened in the first ODI. We were chasing a, a, a pretty mediocre target, 232. Um, and... We were 99 for four when two of your favorite batsmen came together. Um, it was, I think, what's that guy's name? King Kedar and uh, Dashing Dhoni. So talk us through that partnership and, and what, what your thoughts were while that was going on. Yeah, and can you be sure to pay emphasis to the fact that you said a new king's in town, right? Kedar is a new king. You said a new king has been crowned or something. I never said that. I would have never said that. I would have just reacted to what you guys say. But you also have a Kedar song, right? Do, yeah, I do have a Kedar song on Kedar, Kedar Parsanam. But uh, anyway, um, the, I think... Yeah, I, I don't know how to kind of look at this, right? Dhoni and Shastri, uh, Kohli and Shastri are very excited that India was 99 for four because it gives opportunities. I don't know what we've been doing for the last 18 months if you have to get excited three games before the World Cup to test your middle order. But having said that, I think a couple of things for me before I talk about Dhoni and Shastri. One is, I think, I really don't know what's going on with Dhavad because he's getting out first ball, he's smiling, there are amazing memes out there with Dhawan smiling and just saying that this guy is just chill like um, his kids fail an exam he comes home he smiles the same way he gets out on zero of one ball he comes home smiles the same way but he was smiling with us also do you remember when we took a photo with him he was like these yeah. guys are my best buddies yeah so he that seemed, smile was like he, he amazing chill um, and we know he performs in ICC tournaments, so yeah, let's not worry too much about it. But but let's not forget the theory about Dhawan, right? It's the it's the Delhi Daredevils or the Delhi Capitals effect that as soon as a player finds their way into the Delhi side, their form disappears. Yeah, it's really scary. Oh wait, we're we're coming to Vijay Shankar, man. We're coming to Vijay Shankar. Well, Vijay Shankar's form appeared as soon as he left Delhi, so maybe maybe there's a correlation. It's really scary when you think about it, actually. But over eleven years, there are more than enough examples. But yeah, coming to Dhoni and um, Jadav, I think I think talking about Dhoni, this is where he kind of excels best, and um, no issues when 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 you're chasing a two forty. I think Dhoni can get you there. He will take it down to the last couple of overs. Um, so yeah, even in this case, I think it went down to forty eight overs, if forty eight point two, if I'm not mistaken. So I think he is a master of crafting an innings. Um, like the first ODI, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. I think that the challenge comes is when you're chasing a 280, suddenly 59 of 72 balls doesn't seem good enough. But um, DJ, I know you're a big fan. Actually, I think he needs to play. It's just the, the batting position. Coming to Kedar, I, I really don't know what, what happened to him on, on that day. He was hitting sixes, he's hit nine fours, 81 of 87. So, um, yeah, I think Kedar is always just kind of doing what is asked of him. And 
yeah, he gave a lot of credit for to Dhoni for for guiding him. So I, I have nothing else to say. I, I really have nothing else to say about. Kedar. So talk us through why you hate hate him so much. Why do you hate Kedar Jadav so much? You want to know why? It's because like even I know we're jumping the gun a little bit. Yesterday in the in the second ODI, there was a point where um and 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 we'll talk about this in a, in in a couple of minutes. But there was a point where there was one over to be bowled. And and they weren't sure who to, who the toss up would be between. Would it be Shankar or Kedar? Right from the forty third over to the forty ninth over, you could see Kedar going up to Kohli every over with this confidence that give me the ball, I'll bowl it. And at one point, you saw Kohli like just put his two arms up there and like gesture as if, what the hell am I going to give it to you for, man? You just pitch the ball. So it was. Uh, <laughs> so basically, I just feel that such mediocrity. Uh, there's no place for such mediocrity when all your you're like you're openly coming out and saying, "Yeah, I'm not a bowler, and that's the great thing, and there's no pressure on me, and all I need to do is bounce the ball." I mean, he was delivering a few balls just before the umpire, also. Like, I think the umpire was looking to see as where is the bowler. So, as it is, you can't see him. You're delivering the ball from behind the bowler. It's just bouncing. The batsmen are laughing when you're bowling. You are laughing when you are bowling. But for your six overs. You are now a permanent fixture in this team, and okay, fair enough. Like yesterday, I have to admit, you had Jaddu, Kullu, I think Bumrah, and uh, and one and Shami, and your best economy rate was Kedar. So I just maybe Kedar is that you know like like that guy or girl who you can't understand and you just want to find out more. So I think maybe that's what it is. Hold on, you were talking about yesterday. Just can I, if I can jump in really quickly in his entire ODI bowling career. His economy rate is 4.9. Okay. Shami, who is a strike bowler, his economy rate is 5.47. So almost a half a run and over more. Jadeja, who's a lead bowler in the side, mostly for his bowling, is 4.88. So pretty much exactly the same. Kuldeep Yadav is 4.7. So right in the same range. So it's not a one day. It's not a one hit wonder. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I, I think Kedar should open the bowling for India, open the batting for India. He should be fielding at point for India. Well, since, since you mentioned batting, no, no, since you mentioned batting, his average is 45.6. He strikes it over 100. No, He's got two, to, two centuries I don't want to and hear. 550s. I don't no, want to hear any of the uh, stats. This is a pure emotion feeling thing. Um, and yeah, if my question to both of you is if he's so damn good, then just play him as the fifth bowler. Well, we, he may have, like, for all we know, he would have won us the match in that last over. You just can't know because you didn't give him a chance. I think people have gone crazy, just to be very honest. Yesterday, I had a friend tell me that Kedar has won as the same number of matches for India as Sachin has won, okay? So, I don't know if people <laughs> are just targeting me and they're just getting a kick out of this, but it makes my blood boil and... Seriously, somebody yesterday told me Kedar and Sachin have won the same number of matches for India. Dude, I mean, but it's your unreasoning hate for the man. You don't see the stats. You don't see what he's done. I mean, his, I his bowling economy rate is fantastic. And his batting average is, I mean, 45 when he bats lower down the order. I mean, what else can you want from a guy, man? Then play him as your number seven. That is it. Are, but he, see, 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 the point is this. He's there. For if Pandya is bowling well, you can't trust Pandya or Vijay Shankar with ten so, overs. That is the problem. So this is what it all. Comes you can't about. trust him. He's a he's a backup. That, so this is what my whole problem has been with Indian cricket. You have a backup. Bloody Pandya is a backup for who I don't know. Kedar is a backup for Pandya. Are you then? Where is the Kapil Dev, bhai? Where is where you where do you have a, a perfect all rounder? You don't have Ben Stokes. You don't have Kapil Dev. 
you don't have i mean he, he's basically a yuvraj singh boss and in, in his conditions okay. he can bowl 10 overs some days he won't you bowl are, anything you are comparing kedar to yuvraj singh now yesterday somebody compared him to sachin junior junior i don't know what the stats are but i'm pretty sure his batting average and his strike rate will both be higher than than yuvraj i i don't have the stats i, I just want to end this rather heated conversation by saying one thing <laughs> is that jadhav used to play for delhi daredevils and he left in 2014 which is right about the time he made the indian side and is now pretty much a mainstay in the indian side so i think my theory still stands uh, fair enough fair enough so ashwin do you have any uh, players you hate for absolutely no reason apart from an emotional reaction to their to their uh, being absolutely not i hate one fast bowler and one fast bowler alone and there's no emotion it's just pure stats and facts Oh, that's Shardul, right? Okay, agreed. Fair enough. I'd rather say not mention his name. So thanks. Fair enough, Shardul Thakur, classy. Anyway, so coming to the second ODI, we've only just talked about the the first ODI. Ashwin, uh, did you did you follow the second ODI at all? It's a pretty good game of cricket, man. Like, I mean, yeah, I did. I wa- I managed fortunately to watch a little bit at home. Uh, unfortunately, the rest of it is during my work day, but I did get a chance to follow it and watch some highlights. But so. just to quickly recap for folks uh 250 india batted first made uh 250 rohit sharma this time made a f- uh, first ball a first over duck so interestingly in each match so far one of the openers has made zero then 248 of the runs were scored while kohli was at the crease he hit a magnificent century 116 in 120 balls on a pretty tough track to bat on he's brought up his 40th odi century so unbelievable f- f- feat like i mean He's second to Sachin, but the whoever's third is a long, long way away, and he's played barely half the number of matches Sachin did. So just outstanding. Uh, but you know, we spent lots of time talking about Kohli on this show. Uh, India managed to end up with two fifty, so a little bit of a mini collapse at the end. And then Australia, at one point, looked to be cruising for the first time. The openers put on a pretty good partnership. I think they made about eighty three, but then they both fell back to back. Uh, I think one of them fell to Kedar actually, so also pretty exciting. Usman Khwaja fell to Kedar. Cotton cover, exactly. Khwaja, uh, and then you know slowly the innings started to proceed. To be honest, when Stoinis and uh, we managed to get Maxwell out pretty quickly. To be honest, when Stoinis and Hanscombe were batting, and then when Hanscombe got out and Carey came, and it still looked like it was Australia's game. And then some absolutely outstanding bowling in the last five overs helped turn it around, including a penultimate over by Bumrah, where I think he gave two runs, and then. You know, I've already mentioned this. Some strange planning by Kohli, and in the end, it worked out well. But left the fiftieth over for a part timer, and so they were on the field trying to figure out: should we bring it, bring on Kedar? Should we bring on Shankar? I think conventional wisdom prevailed, and despite having only bowled one over before that, Shankar got the fiftieth over, picked up two wickets and three balls, and finished the game off. Uh, got Stoinis LBW, and then got whoever the last person was bowled. So, really, really strong finish. I think. You know, somebody was saying India's bowlers seem to be in positions where they, you know, there's 120, 130 to win in 20 overs, and they still back themselves. And many, many times this has happened where India used to be the side who's batting bailed them out, and now it's become the the side who's bowling bails us out. So I thought a really good finish. Lots of good positives. Obviously, great to see Kohli do well. Nice to see Kuldeep pick up three wickets, and generally the bowlers do well. But then also for Shankar, who had a You know, and actually, sorry, I should have mentioned this earlier too. But Shankar made forty-six, and he was looking really, really good before he got run out in the most unfortunate and most painful ways, which is uh, a straight drive back that just touched the bowler's fingertips and got him run out, backing up a little bit too far. So that was disappointing. I think Shankar was looking amazing, 
uh, as a batsman, as a pure batsman. He started slow, consolidated with Kohli, picked up the rate near the end, and then got run out early. So lots of positives to take away. I think before I wrap up, the one thing I wanted to say that's interesting for me is in a year of a World Cup where we expect you know, roads of pitches in England, which are going to be 300, 350, 370 plus scores. I think it's very interesting that in both Hyderabad and Nagpur, the surfaces have been a little bit tricky. Both matches have been low scoring. So I'm not quite sure what to think about that, both from a prep standpoint by the BCCI and from the perspective of, you know, the players, are they ready to go up, go off and play these 350 plus matches in England if we're playing these mid 200 low scorers against Australia? So that's that. And sorry, Ashwin, I, yeah, I just want to add on, I think from for me in the World Cup, again, DJ, I don't know what you think, but I think they're going to create the pitches that suit England, which are the 350 kind of pitches. And I think I think that's where India will struggle because we, we seem to have gotten our groove in this 250 to 270 range, both first innings and second innings. But uh, beyond that, it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, so the pitches are going to be an interesting question given how England has been performing in the West Indies, right, of late. I mean, they nearly had uh, the West Indies chase down 417, where the West Indies at one stage needed 35 from 22 balls with four wickets still left. And I was just like, this is insane. They're about to chase these runs down. And then in the very next game, after they set 417 for the West Indies, England were bowled out for like 113 or 118 or something. So, I mean, England seemed to be wildly yo-yoing between being sublime and ridiculous. But I think they will go with the view that uh, let's put out some belters, try and get close to 400 and watch the other team crumble under the pressure. Because I think no one has scored more uh, 400 more times than England since the last World Cup. And that's a very telling stat. My What I found, and Ashwin, I think you're right. You pointed out a very important point that we are, we are playing games where they're very low-scoring pitches and we're, sco- we're kind of able to pace our chases. They don't have to go hell for leather from ball one. And for me, maybe that is the idea behind that is to actually test the middle order and to see whether it can put together some big runs like we saw Kedar put together that innings of 80. Obviously, today we didn't really see anybody apart from Vijay Shankar and Kohli score a few runs. Um, And maybe the the idea behind the preparation of the pitches is to say, okay, uh, you are going to get some time in the middle in the middle in the middle order because the pitches are going to be tricky the openers aren't just going to sit there and and score all the runs for you and the openers seem to be playing um musical chairs on who's going to get out for zero so that is maybe the only rationale i can think of for bringing out these pitches which are assisting the bowlers and we are seeing the indian middle order exposed more than we usually see them being exposed to uh, to the opposition is is hell for leather an expression or did you just come up with that on your own no no it's an expression definitely Motion. i never heard it before yeah, i was just going to ask the same thing i was like what a lie no it's not <laughs> it's, it's definitely an expression but I, I was just going to mention actually for me the uh, interesting part on in the game today or, or yesterday for you varun was when kuldeep went for 15 runs of that over when um who was it who was smashing him? It wasn't hands. Stoinis was just whacking him and then Carey was sweeping him. And it was all like the, the game was almost done. They were 200 for five. And for, for us to fight back from there is actually reflective of two things. The weakness in the Australian lower order and the strength of the Indian bowling lineup. I mean, Bumrah is just brilliant. And one of the things I was going to actually point out, Ashwin, was one of the reasons we thought and people thought that 
Umesh had done very badly in the T20 game in the first T20 game was because Bumrah had literally bowled and and over which most bowlers can just dream of bowling the 19th over for two runs and two wickets i mean it's really hard to follow up that act right so i feel a bit bad for umesh on that so anyway guys i think that kind of wraps up the first two odis india lead 20 going into um, the third odi which will take place on friday there's been some interesting cricket low scoring game so we'll see how that series develops just moving on to the england versus west indies or the west indies versus england odis that we briefly mentioned that series finished 2-2 um, i think the last time in our last episode we mentioned the first game where the west indies scored 360 and england just casually chased that down the next game england were again looking good to win the game chasing around 280 and they just collapsed for next to nothing and lost by 26 runs the game after that was uh, washed out so it was one uh, all then england put together that massive 417 off the back of uh, josh butler and own morgan hundreds guys should we talk a little bit about that game the um, innings by josh butler and then the follow up innings by chris gale ashwin thoughts on that because it's uh, it's one in your time zone right yeah i mean fortunately that was one i was following a lot i was listening to the wonderful people over at gorilla cricket as they were commentating that and it was just unbelievable and i think it's interesting because i was thinking about this myself in the in the game where they made 364 and uh, or 360 i think west indies made and england chased it down we were all kind of saying we were a little bit bored by it uh, i mean just six after six it took away the fun for it and we had that conversation if not last week a couple of weeks ago and this game somehow I think if you go far enough maybe with the six hitting and the strike rate then it becomes exciting again maybe it's a it's a curve and we crossed a certain point and 400 I mean 418 was just outstanding Morgan I think hit 103 of 88 but Josh Butler who I blame the Rajasthan Royals for making him the formidable player he is now made 150 of 77 I think he hit as many sixes as he did four it was I want to say it was 12 sixes and 12 fours or something like that they made 418 made it look pretty easy and then and you know you basically thought the game was over at this point and gale comes out and smashes just from ball one smashes 162 of 97 he unfortunately perished sometime around i think the 33rd 34th over and that left you know a pretty still pretty formidable batting lineup with brathwaite jason holder and then ashley nurse who frankly i didn't know could bat and came came on they got within 30 runs of the target but then with two overs left they got bowled out for 389 so but an, an unbelievable chase and that's what i say i find it hypocritical of myself that i thought this was an exciting match even though the 361 wasn't but i think this got so close to that 434 and then west indies almost actually chasing it down it just got really exciting so i enjoyed following that game i hope to see gale keep up his form because west indies wouldn't have been in my consideration set for one of the contenders for this world cup and now this certain day yeah awesome and then and the next game being such a contrast was even even more amusing so varun your thoughts on gail's return to form and is this going to affect punjab's chances in the ipl <laughs> no i think so gail's return to form is it is quite incredible i don't know i think he's 38 or 39 years old he's going to retire soon um and he's just come out and hit like 400 of four games out of which one was a not out in the last game he just kind of well i don't know he just kind of put a statement there that the universal boss is is back so punjab chances i don't know i think rahul and gail both opening will be great to watch again i don't know if they have the depth to to go far in the ipl but 
from a World Cup perspective, I am excited about West Indies. Like Ashwin said, didn't think they were in the consideration set, but you've got Gale, you've got you know Hope, Bravo, Hetmeyer, Brathwaite, all kind of. If they come good, we know West Indies can be a great limited oversight. So. From a World Cup perspective, very excited that uh, West Indies has done well. Amazing. And there's there's been a few other interesting developments in the last week or so. So, I'm just going to go through each one of them very, very quickly. So, I just wanted to get your thoughts on those. Rahane had an interview in which he said he deserved more chances consistently. And so, he seems to be slightly disappointed by about being left out of India's ODI side. Ashwin, very quickly... Has he got a shot of being in, in the squad, especially with KL's return to form? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if KL is a barrier, but I do not think he has a shot, unfortunately. As much as I like Rahane, I think he had a, he got a fair number of chances in the ODI setup and didn't quite latch onto them like some of the other players have. And so I think if he was genuinely the consideration, he would have been at least flying with the team for the last few series. Uh, I mean, after this Australia series, we go to the IPL and I think there's one more. There's the World Cup right after, right? I think maybe there's... I don't remember. Maybe there's a couple more games somewhere. And so I think if they were going to have him in the real World Cup setup for the 15, let alone the 11, he would have played by now. So I think he's a deserving player, maybe just a little bit of wrong place, wrong time. I think had he latched onto his opportunities, he could have cemented that number four slot where we need somebody who can consolidate and anchor the innings along with Dhoni at five. But he just didn't latch onto his chances and I think it's going to go somewhere else, most likely to ride. I just want to add, I think I think Rahani can be a little bit delusional at times. Like there have been two articles in the last two years that I've read. I think the first one was in December where he actually said, yeah, I think at MCG I'm going to score a 200. So a little bit delusional there. But the more fun one was that I think he told a reporter that uh, when my biopic is made, I want Amir Khan to play me. So... I, I think that's a bit extreme, man. Easy answer. They're, they're the same height, right? Don't you remember meeting him? Weren't you surprised by how short he is? Yeah, I was surprised by how short he, he is. He, he is short. Right? That's why I keep telling you his bat is too big for him. And my KL Rahul theory is also proof correct. The moment he goes into short sleeves, he starts smashing it. Yeah. So he needs to just get rid of those long sleeves and learn how to bat in short sleeves. Even if it's freezing, <laughs> he needs to just bat in short sleeves. A hat tip to Achal for sending that through on Twitter. He was actually the one who brought our attention to the Rahane article. The other thing I wanted to talk to you very quickly, guys, about... Ashwin, I sent uh, around a link about uh, Mitch Marsh getting hit in the unmentionables. And that was... uh, What did you guys think of that? I mean, apparently he nearly cracked one of his testicles or something. It was insane. I mean, through through being hit by a cricket ball and... He went to hospital and they had to operate on him and stuff. I mean, this seems to be quite a, a dangerous game. I mean, Ashwin, Varun, guys? Yeah, I mean, I it, it is a dangerous game. I think it's one of those weird oddities about the world of cricket or any sport maybe that if somebody gets hit on the, the knee or the ankle or the arm or anywhere, people are you know rushing to their, their aid, trying to make sure they get taken well care of. And somehow just because of the immaturity of the human race in general, when you get hit in the groin, people still find it funny. I mean, I think it's unfortunate because in this case, I mean, you know it's true, right? Like, even the commentators are joking and laughing about it. In this case, I think it was a little bit extreme. I think he had a a ruptured testicle, which is really, really unfortunate. I think, I mean, again, not to be insensitive, but what made it funny is because it it was during throwdowns. So it wasn't even like somebody was charging in from... Exactly. That's what I was just going to come to say. He got hit while taking throwdowns. How 
I mean, what is he doing? Yeah, it's it was pretty at Why is he so bad? <laughs> Varun, your 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 two bits. No, I'm just saying it. Uh, Any thoughts? No thoughts, but uh, I think his his last comment in the article you sent was that they're still both working. Hopefully, so it's good. I I just want to say I don't think Varun <laughs> noticed it, but I appreciated you asking for his two bits. Well played, TJ. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did. <laughs> So I guess only only time will tell whether everything's still in in working order, right? So that was that. Um, the other piece of news that broke this week was um, the cold pack deal for Olivia, the uh, the South African bowler who our friends at Gorilla Cricket uh, SA like to call Willifier, which I find quite amusing, coming straight after the Marsh Tate shot situation. Um, he has signed a three-year cold pack deal to play county cricket in in England. So. In the prime of his career, where he seems to be making good headway with the South African Test team, he's um, he's going to stop playing for his country and play for County. Which, I mean, I think it's disappointing for the South African players and fans. But I mean, you can't really blame players because South Africa has its own issues in terms of selection. They've got a quota system, and for that, um, and Olivia obviously has that to consider. He also is behind Stain, Philander. For the moment, Rabada at the moment, so he may not be the first choice seamer for that matter. So that's happened, and finally, the Mumbai Indians documentary was released on Netflix, guys. So I've watched about six episodes of that. Ashwin, I know you've started watching it, but guys, I would suggest the first episode is a must-watch. There's some really great stories, by the way, in the in the in the in the rest of the episodes. But the first episode is just so great because you see Akash Ambani literally bang into a wall. <laughs> while speaking to the cameras which is i mean that moment is just one of pure unadulterated joy so i think if if you start watching for that and watch it for the cricket no one's going to blame you but it, it's really interesting it's a behind the scenes documentary incredible access to the players some incredible stories especially bumrah's story i mean i think the story about the shoes had i had a lump in my throat after that and i was on a 3 hour flight so it was an interesting situation uh, so guys cricket cricket fever varun you haven't started watching it have you no i'm going to start today i just finished watching nine seasons rerun of the office so now i can move on amazing but it's just so good because it was last season right it's made about the 2018 ipl so as ashwin said in the beginning of the episode i mean the umesh spell is still fresh in your mind but even then you're like all pumped and you're like what's going to happen now and stuff because it's been made pretty well i think ashwin what you you watched a couple of episodes right i think i'm at 4 now so it's it's a fantastic show really enjoyed it highly recommend more than anything i think you summarized it well but more than anything for me it's 18 days from the first match of the IPL and just get me fired up. I mean, I've, we wait for this all year. It's something we've been talking about, but just watching some amazing high definition quality backroom footage. You know, lots of interesting insights which maybe we can talk more next week, but I find it fascinating that Mahela is such a powerful outspoken figure in the in the dressing room after games, before games, and Rohit doesn't seem to be as Uh, strong or powerful leaders I, i as i thought or expected so anyway go watch it i don't want to ruin it for people but just gets you fired up for the ipl and we're all already excited and counting down the 18 days i think for me actually what i really enjoyed was you know we all like just sitting and watching it at home we're like oh whatever it's going to go on for two months and let's play fantasy cricket and so but i mean every game these players play it makes a difference to them and someone like pollard i think his 
my perception of him has completely changed after watching this documentary because remember last last season he was actually dropped and they go into quite a lot of detail around that towards the back end of the documentary so i mean my perception of that guy has completely changed because of the documentary so it, i think it's just incredible and i just hope that they do like one documentary for each of the ipl teams so that fans of each team have like the opportunity to go behind the scenes and see what's actually going on for their teams i think it would just be incredible i was joking last night with gorvi my wife when we were watching this she's a mumbai indians fan and i said it must be really nice having a team that's good enough to be worthy of having a documentary made about them i don't know what that feels like unfortunately oh were they are they rich enough to have a documentary made about them that is the question yeah maybe that's what it is let's assume that's what it is not that delhi's come bottom 2 for 10 years no we we made the semis we made the playoffs in 2011 right varun do you remember that when yusuf took us out yeah that's when i had a hashtag hashtag believe hashtag believe was trending in <laughs> in nw8 anyway guys that that's all the discussion topics that we had there's been lots of uh, cricket so we've uh, tried to cover as much of it as we can The last segment for the week is actually the listener quiz segment and last week we asked a question um and we got some answers in so over to you Ashwin. So the question that we asked this week was an interesting one DJ came up with it and it was what is the slowest T20I innings played by an Indian batsman so you know international T20s only and what was the slowest T20 innings uh by an Indian batsman and we got some really interesting responses i think we got one correct answer from arindam who messaged us we got uh let's keep going i think lots of people guessed dhoni so that was not the right answer we had kapil msd4 give us the right answer we had mitran give us the right answer that was after a little bit of guessing also we had visit piyush give us the right answer and taz as well actually taz actually gave us the right answer as well including the ground and everything there you Insane. go so just for everybody else the correct answer is ravindra jadeja at lords in 2009 he played the slowest t20 innings on record by an indian batsman and it's a record i hope stays for a while because we don't want to see anybody beat that record yeah it was 25 of 35 right when um, we basically there were all those signs in lords saying why aren't you're not singing anymore because yuvraj singh had got out and stuff and, and that still gives me nightmares when i think about that innings it's pretty depressing i remember watching it on tv luckily i hadn't got a ticket to lords so i was pretty happy that i didn't get that ticket so anyway guys so that's the show for the week thank you very much for joining us it's been a year since we've been doing this and i mean it's flown by it's been incredible um we've and really enjoyed speaking to all of you guys on twitter we've enjoyed all the emails you guys send us um and thank you so much for that our email obviously is always open for you guys to to write into it's contact at onetip1hand.com when facebook twitter instagram at onetip1hand the number the figure one tip the figure one hand so drop us a line there come and say hi rate us on itunes we're now on spotify which is also in india so guys you can go and find us on spotify we're on all the major platforms so subscribe to us so you get notified of new episodes tell people about us we'd love to grow we'd love to hear from you and please 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 keep joining us every week we love doing it and we hope you guys listening enjoy listening to it as well so signing off for this week and episode 49 
it's dj from london and my podcasters hello 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 everybody it's been another great week on the ibm podcast network on what the hell navya jabba chanchwetananda navya herself dish out stories from their childhood they discuss tough love between parents and their kids on pesa vesa anupam talks to bamanirani president elect kredai and chairman and md adrustamji they discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022 on cock and bull cyrus is joined by meghnath and comedian shahid shafi they discuss their opinions on the ongoing congress presidential elections and prashant kishore embarking on a padyatra On the Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi, Senior Ambassador of the TEDx program and curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at ivmpodcast.com. Also do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya, and on our show, Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from. <laughs> 